This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, good evening, everyone. Sorry we're slightly late uh, starting. Me and Jason were just having a, a little bit of a natter um, backstage about some of the stuff that's happened this week, which I'm sure we're going to talk about during uh, this particular show. This is a brand new show, um, and we've, I've decided to call it On The Ball for now. If you've got any other ideas about what you think it should be called, uh, please feel free to uh, jump in and share. Uh, but the, the, the essence of the show is there's going to be a lot happening during each week. And obviously, we haven't got extra time running. So this show is all about discussing all of the week's main points, main news and talking points from the week. And this week, I'm uh, delighted to be joined uh, by uh, the Lord himself, Jason Guy. How you doing, mate? I'm all right. I'm, I, I've got to apologise now. I sound a bit like Sean Dyche at the minute. Um, as you know... Uh... Because I keep bleating on about it because I'm a big baby. I broke my wrist playing football. And when they've done the operation, they've had to plate it up with uh, with four screws. And when they've intubated me, when they've knocked me out, they've put this tube down my throat and they've scratched it all. Oh. So I've got I've got this bit of skin flapping. It's getting better now. But this is why I sound a bit like Sean Dyche. So I do apologise. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, there you go. I have got two hands on it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, basically, Jason, do you want to tell everyone how, how that how you did that first of all? Because as Jason is a is, is a phenomenal uh, charity fundraiser, as you know, and also <laughs> the chairman of the uh, the Wolves All Stars. Yeah, yes, my sins. I've been helping the Wolves All Stars for over ten years now, and I've, basically, I read uh, an article in the paper that Melis was going to disband the Wolves All Stars. He couldn't get the former players, and it had just come off the back of me helping Jody Craddock with his testimonial committee, where I got access to loads of former players. So started introducing them on board and uh, it's gone from strength to strength. And I was playing a charity match at Telford just a couple of weeks ago. And a lad, I'm a bit annoyed still, really. And I've had a bit of a spat with him on Twitter, but he, he, he needless tackle on the halfway line. He, he tackled me from behind. He says he won the ball, which I think completely unimportant. But anyway, uh, the upshot of it is 17 stone of muscle, May fat, landed on my wrist, broke it in. Broke it in two places and I haven't stopped moaning about it since. 
On a positive side, the doctor said I don't have to change nappies or empty the dishwasher for the next four years. So <laughs> my missus is really unhappy about that. Mate, you crap me up. Now, obviously, uh, initially, guys, you probably you, you would have seen hopefully. Well, I know there's over nearly three thousand of you have already watched the uh, the end of season review show from last year, and I know there's like well over a, a couple of thousand that have listened to it back on the podcast as well. Um, Jason is normally one of the uh, the four of us that uh, are in attendance for the uh, for the in person podcast. And we were originally going to do it on the 5th of June. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Jason was jet-setting off to um, Spain. Yeah, that's week. right. Uh, that was just before he did his arm. So we, we moved it back to the 12th. He's gone in for the checkup, And basically, your arm's that bad. They've had a pin it, haven't they? Yeah, that to do an emergency operation on the morning. I was due to meet you guys at Molyneux, which I love doing, Dave, because I think your show's fantastic and the work you do. And I love being involved. And then I had to text you saying they want to keep me in. Next thing you know, I'm on a ward. Um, then I'm going down for an operation. It all happened really, really quickly. But the good thing is now I'm on the mend. And my missus said, I can't can't keep talking about it. It's doing already. <laughs> <laughs> Milk it whilst you can. Now, guys, um, we're going to be talking about tonight, obviously, the breaking shock news, really. Left field, it's come from in a, in a lot of ways. And that is Ruben Neves to uh, Al-Hilal um, in Saudi Arabia. We're going to be discussing that. We're also going to be looking at the uh, our initial thoughts from the uh, the Premier League fixtures. There's been a story this week. Uh, news come out regarding Fabio Silva and his agent who is saying that they're looking to get a move away from Molyneux. Um, and then, of course, we've got... In addition to that, June and Lopetegui um, staying um, with Wolves. And we're going to start with that news first, because that kind of came first. Uh, we'll, come, we'll talk about the Premier League fixtures towards the end, and then we'll get on to uh, Ruben Neves and Fabio in between. And we will be taking your questions as well at the end, if anything you want us to ask. I think. But Jason, um, we, we didn't like to talk about it before, it was announced, yeah. um, but we kind of knew Lopetegui was staying, didn't we? We did. I, I do something uh, which I don't want to talk about, but part of my business, I do something um, on, a, on a professional basis with, with, with Lopetegui. Nothing exciting, by the way, guys. And so I, I, I didn't know I was stopping. I did give you the news, Dave, but obviously yeah. I didn't, didn't tell anyone else. I didn't tell anyone otherwise in their wherefores. I certainly don't want to go on Twitter and start putting it all over there and pretend to be someone that's in the know because I'm not in the know. But I just happened to be armed with the information that I knew was stopping. I know I could tell you in confidence. And the reason I told you, Dave, one, I know you wouldn't tell anyone else. But equally, as a Wolves fan, I know you wanted that, that news anyway. And I think it, it's fantastic that he's stopping because... Obviously, I don't want to bleat on about Nuno, but when Nuno went, the 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 um, when we took on Large, it was a bit of a, a knee-jerk reaction almost. He definitely wasn't the succession plan. And we always courted Lopetegui. And if we did lose him at the first hurdle, which is this pre-season, it would have been a bit of a bitter pill to swallow, especially the way he's turned things around. And I just think that with the pre-season under his belt, given the right backing, which is so important and let him give his stamp on things, I, I really think we're going to make a difference next season. I'm not going to say we're going to get to the heights of top seven, etc., but I really do think that it's going to be a top-half fruitful season. 
maybe a couple of good cup runs and give us lots to, to, to cling on to and lots to hope for. And that's what we want. You know, we've got to be realistic. Are we going to get to Europe in the next four or five years? Who knows? Yes, it's, I'm sure it's a name, I'm sure. But, but we want to be competing. And last season when he took over the club and we was rock bottom of the league, we're not competing. So the change that that man's done is incredible. So for one, I'm really pleased that, that he's, he's going to continue with us. Yeah, I mean, it's really positive news because at the end of the season, obviously the, the away form wasn't so good. The home form was great. Um, there was a, a fog of uncertainty uh, with some of the comments that were made. Um, and we discussed this a little bit uh, in the end of season review show uh, from his journalist mate. And obviously that were leaked out there and some uncertainty about FFP and yeah. he didn't know and all that sort of stuff. So, the, you know, that that... When you're going into a into a from the end of one season, fantastically, you know, we would have never dreamed of thirteenth and forty-one points at, at one point. You know, we'd have been like, if we finish seventeenth and get sort of thirty-six points, thirty-five points, and stay up, we're okay. happy. He's he, he done his job, phase one, keeping us up. And then there's a lot of expectation from pretty much all the Wolves fans, you, you and myself included, in that, Jason. That yeah. okay, job done. Okay, let's go on to phase two now. How are we going yes. to get this team um, going up the table and competing for silverware and Europe again? And then, of course, everything's thrown into the mix and there's that fog of uncertainty. The fact yeah. that Lopetegui, you know, it's now come out. You saw Matt Hobbs um, that spoke about it, which I'll bring up onto the Wolves website in a second. That's yeah. sort of lifted that fog, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the fact that we've got uh, a key line of communication from the club in Matt Hobbs where there is, you know, a, a candid statement that's been put out there with some transparency. Obviously, that, that you know, that is what we want to hear. Sometimes it's, it's not the actual content that we want to hear. You know, when you hear the FFP arguments as well, sometimes to me that's quite naive, really, on the basis that all these things should have been discussed at every single level to know what the playing field and what the landscape was going to be. Obviously, before we took over, whether they've dressed it up in a way or whether they've been relying on the sale of Neves, clearly, I don't know. Um, but listen, hopefully he's going to have some money to spend. By the look of the news today, he will have some money to spend. I'm sure he's going to spend it wisely. You know, it's just so important now that they do stick with him. Listen, if there's a bit of a poor start to the season, we, we know we've got some tough opening games. I don't want the Boo Boys to get on his back because you look at the most successful managers in clubs' history and that, that there's always a period of longevity and I think that's what we've got to do. I don't think for one minute we're going to have a bad start, but I'm just saying we've really got to get behind this man and trust him because I think we could have two or three good four maybe years climbing where we are reaching to strive for the heights we was at before. You know, it was well publicised that we'd perhaps overachieved but, but now, listen, it's a bit of a starting block again. There's going to be a major clear of the decks, that, which we spoke about, Dave, this summer. You know, players go in and it looks like there's going to be more on their way. So this is going to be a crucial time. Yes, every window we say this is the most important one because, it's you know, it's, it's a sign of the times, really. But I think now it is an important window. And I just hope Lopetegui gets all the backing he can to bring in the, the, the players that he wants. Absolutely, and this is the uh, the article on the Wolves website, mate, um, that we'd referred to in Matt Hobbs, um, talking about there's been, here's like, for example, there's been a lot of chat about the club on the back of Julian's press conferences the season's finished. 
They've said, he's basically saying he's been in constant contact throughout. He was never in any doubt he would remain at Wolves. But we have to acknowledge that the project is different to what he thought it was. We <laughs> had to allow him time to understand it and get his head around how to build a squad to be competitive to the Premier League. Um, he goes on to say he's committed, loves the area, you can see his affinity is built with the fans and never saw a situation where he wouldn't be our manager. Been when working on a strategy for the summer and while it may be slightly different to what it thought it would be six months ago, that's football um, and we have to react to it. What do you make of that? Um, the, the, the line, you know, where he says that, that you know, the, the adjustment where he's not, you know, he, the, the project has changed effectively. So I was just trying to think of the terminology that was used. Um, maybe Lopetegui's coming. Listen, when he originally come in and we, we heard the story about his father, which we've heard nothing about since, and I hope his father's made a, a, a good recovery, but we've heard nothing since. The, the story was that he didn't want to take the job because his father was ill. I think, I might be wrong, uh, I think that what happened was um, he was told of, of what sort of money he was going to be given, targets perhaps, and where they need to strengthen and where the players that were leaving. I think, hang on, he thought, hang on, this, this, uh, I'm not happy with that budget. So then they've gone back to him and said, right, this is the budget. So then he took the job and now, obviously, the landscape's changed and they're trying to say to him, well, maybe he doesn't under, understand the project as such and, you know, it, it, it's changed. Listen, with FFP, it, 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 it possibly has changed, but that's why I use the word naive because I think everybody should have been armed with the information that they needed. And it looks like that, yes, something has changed along the way. Um, and Mal, I'm not going to say he's brought in on false pretenses, but he probably thought he had a bit more money to spend um, than he did. Any manager at that level, and if he's called an elite manager, should know exactly how FFP works. I think the only thing that has changed for me, really, would be the amount of money they spent in January. Combined well, with the £6 million loss, it, it stacks up, doesn't it? Well, that, that's the thing. That's a, that's a very good point, actually, Dave, because... Listen, uh, let's let's not make any bounds about it. We were flat bottom of the league and we had to spend money. And yeah. they, they did spend a lot of money. And that was probably money that, that was perhaps going to be used um, towards the, the, this season. But listen, if some of these players pay out, and you, you've got to look at Lamina, um, who for me has been a great player, Gomez as well. And these are players, which is why I don't think we'll miss Nevis as much as we think we will, because we have got the replacements there. And... You know, we'll go on to the Nevis thing in a minute. It's important that we do the business early, Dave. We don't want to be going into next season with, with Nevis still really on the team sheet because, A, his value will be plummeting. And not only that, we know he's going to leave at any minute. So I think it's important that we've got a pre-season with the players that he wants to use. Absolutely, mate. And I think uh, that covers off Lopetegui. I'm quite positive. You know, it's good for the club to have that certainty uh, now. Um what I want, I mean, Gary Howard says here, I hope the uh, Lopetay can get the players he wants and hit the hit the ground running. Uh, don't tinker with the team during the season. Um, obviously, he was trying a lot out during the season. Guys, yeah. if you want to comment in the chat, um, all you have to do is be a, a subscriber and you'll be able to join in uh, the conversation. We'll be going to your questions towards the end of this. So, save up any questions that you've got. We'll pick out um, a few of those to cover. Um, nice seamless link there, Jason, in terms of talking about uh, Ruben Neves. Let's yep. move on uh, to Ruben Neves. You, you, you know, it was a, almost like a planned seamless link, that was. 
Um, we talk about coping without Neves in the team. I think we played two games without him. We won both of those games, actually. Yeah. But, I mean, we've all been expecting Neves to go to Barcelona. I know for a fact, um, you know, again, from some of my contacts, that he was going last year. He moved all his stuff out of his house. He was expecting yeah. the move to get happen. It didn't. It, you, you know he was expecting to go because you saw the tears in his eyes the season before last. Again, this season, I guess the personal terms were still agreed from the year before. He's expecting Barcelona to come in and for him to go. Um, Wolves obviously don't want a player exam. Their manager, Zabi, yeah. doesn't seem that. They've basically got Neves on a string. He wants yeah. that, you know. I've, I, we've seen Barcelona mess players around, look at a drama Traore, mess Wolves about in the past. Yeah. I wish they wouldn't deal with them. But, like, I was going to be happy for Ruben Neves to go to Barcelona because, like, he's abroad. He would get Champions League football, which is what we thought he wanted. We don't want him to go to a, like a, a Liverpool, an Arsenal, a Newcastle, or a Man United because he'd be coming back and playing against him. And I feel like there's no one really gone in for him. And then out of the blue, Al Halil um, from Saudi Arabia, who I think won the um, the Asian or the, or the I think the Asian League Champions League version in 2021. They've yeah. come in with. A 55 mil, million euro offer, which is 47 million pounds, yeah. Uh, today, and I'm like, what? Really shocked. And then I've kind of taken it with a pinch of salt. But the more that it's carried on over the next two, three, yeah. four hours, it seems like it really might happen. And this, they, they said that Neves could be earning ten times the salary um, that he's on at the moment. I mean, when how, when did you hear that? What was your initial thoughts and how are you thinking about it now, a few hours on? Well, I heard it today, Dave. And to be honest, when, when, when you first hear the news, you take it with a pinch of salt. Back to the Barcelona saga. I mean, Barcelona, it's well reported that they've got no money. Um, the agents do leak lots of stuff in the press and then it naturally alerts other clubs. And I think with the, 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 the Barcelona thing, I think he was anchoring on that move. Um, but it was never going to be a deal which was going to suit Wolves. And I, and, I, and I genuinely think that if he had gone to Barcelona, we'd have had our pants down in, in some way, shape or form. This move to, to Al-Halal, which, is, which has come completely out of the blue, um, which is, you, you find strange, but obviously now there's a tedious link because you do find quite strange that he's talking that he wants to play Champions League football. And he's certainly not going to get that in Saudi Arabia. Yes, they've got their version of the Champions League, but it's not the Champions League, obviously, we all know and love. So... I put a bit of a tweet out today saying that, you know, yes, it, it, it's purely a, a financial motivated, financially motivated move. But then obviously when you look at the crooks behind it, and once again, this further gains traction that after doing a bit of research, because yes, it can be mooted around that the Newcastle owners own the club, etc. Um, you know, whether or not that's true. But but doing some digging, it looks like the, the Newcastle owners have got majority stakes in four of the Saudi clubs which are Al Nasser, which Ronaldo plays for, Al Etihad, which Nuno manages, Al Halal and Al Ali. Um, so <laughs> the worry is, because I put, which I was quite naive in my tweet, that I put, oh, well, at least he won't be playing Wolves, so it'll be a good move for the Wolves. There is this tedious link now that he's going to obviously join Al Halal. He'll then go out on loan 
to Newcastle in the Premier League and then he'll be playing Champions League football and it'll be their way of getting around FFP. Whether How are they going to get round FFP though? FFP. Well, if it's a if it's a loan move and Dave, listen, that's well, they're certainly not going to have to pay 50, 57 million euro or forty seven million uh, pound transfer fee, are they? So they'd have to pay some transfer fee or some loan fee, I should say. To um, there's a few people here. In, there's a few people that are saying the same sort of thing about Newcastle. Um, there's quite a few people that have been mentioning this as well. Um, obviously, once there's again, no effort. Once again, Dave. Now, this is this is purely speculation, but it is it is a it is a clear vehicle to to get a player to a club, obviously, without you know shelling out x amount on a transfer and that link is there when you see the obviously newcastle being saudi owned and now it's coming out that they've got a majority stake in four of the clubs it does sound like a, a likely move so me putting that he wasn't going to play against us next season he actually still might from a financial point of view for wolves though we're playing with with now a year on his contract to get 47 million quid we can't turn that down dave at the end of the day oh, that's that's gonna be like snap their hand off dumb deal He's, he's not going to sign another contract. He, he does want to wake horses. Yes, he's had a great time. At well, you say that, that he won't sign a new contract, um, Jason. And um, I'll come. I'll just come back on to the FFP bit and obviously on that point, because I do want to cover this off in a little bit more depth because I need to sort of yeah. ban questions about and ask the people yeah. in the chat what they think about this. But like on the new contract thing, um, when I went to the uh, the NS thing, their three hundreds, um, Leon Keane actually said that if he doesn't get his move to Barcelona, Neves has already pledged to sign a new contract with Wolves because he does not want Wolves to uh, lose out on a transfer oh, fee for well, him. Well, okay, okay yeah, okay, I, I, maybe, maybe so, but he's not signing a contract to stay at the club. Is he signing a contract no. purely as yeah, you know he. he and he owes the club nothing. It, does he want to particularly stay at Wolves anymore? Of course he doesn't. He wants to test himself. This is why the retirement league in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> probably now, in hindsight, isn't going to be where he's going to be playing his football. Let's be completely realistic. I'm not sh too sure how he's going to end. You know, I might be wrong. He might be going over there. He might be paying, getting paid 600 grand a week tax-free, whatever's been mooted around. I don't know. But I very, very much doubt it now. The, the 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 links are coming out with Newcastle or or whoever it could be it might not necessarily be Newcastle, um, but I just think that it, it's just a vehicle just to, to to get him into the Champions League and maybe help Newcastle uh, with with their FFP perhaps and and it, it, look it's a great deal for Wolves whichever way you dress it up Dave. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See, again, I'm going to come back onto this FFP. I'm not so sure that he's going to end up going to Newcastle. And I'll tell you the reason for why. Yeah. I mean, he might do. He might do. Newcastle, everyone thought last season they were going to spend a lot more than they did. They were quite yeah. reserved in how much they actually spent. Eddie Howe yeah. has been incredible. So uh, yes. Yes. their revenues, Newcastle's revenues are far higher than Wolves. Yeah. Um, from in terms of their, their local fan base, their global fan base, they're in the Champions League, they've got loads yeah. more money, you know. Yeah. So to be able to come in and buy Neves for what they could have probably bought him for 30 million, you know, direct and, you know, increased his wages, I'm not sure how they need to try and get round FFP when they've only had the Saudis for like one transfer window. And if they are, and, and, if the Saudi the Saudis, from my point of view, in terms of their league, they're trying to. It's almost like the MLS, and yeah. when or when the American Soccer League started with Pele and all of those lot, you know, yeah. were coming over and playing, and Beckham going out paying on the money. They're becoming the new MLS in a lot of ways. There's a lot of lot of eyeballs now on this Saudi league. Yeah. Um, Benzema's gone there. They reckon Kante's going. You know, um, Matinho has been linked. Matinho, from what I understand, is probably going to go to to work with Nuno. I uh, also potentially heard that they might even Nuno might even be interested in taking Pedro Neto um, there as well. But like, I mean, we'll wait and see with what happens with that. And one interesting thing: Did Ruben Neves, when he was saying goodbye to Matinho, he said, "See you soon. You know where." Oh, yeah, I did see that. And then, and did uh, he mean Saudi? Listen, Dave, possibly, I don't know. Did they mean a, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Possibly, possibly. Um, it's just that the, the Newcastle story is now gaining a lot of traction. I just, for a player now who's 26, is he Ruben Nevers? Yeah. Um, listen, let's be honest, there's not a great deal of uh, time on his side. You know, next couple of seasons, he's 28, knocking on the door of 30, and not going the blink of an eye. And if he wants well, to play champion, if he wants to play Champions League football now, he, he, he really has got to be now. Uh, well, I, I think I, this is why I was like a bit surprised about it, and obviously I believe it when it actually happens. But from all accounts, it could happen next week, and if it does, fantastic for Wolves because we need the money, yeah. And that gives us gives with like you say, we don't want to be like getting to the last week of the transfer window and not knowing what's going on. But if there, if he's going to Saudi to be sent over to Newcastle, why are they paying him, which is reportedly 10 times his salary, to get him to go? Because the, the Premier League do have this thing when they do things with sponsorships and stuff like that, that, you know, like... What, the what, sorry? Fair market value. That right. when someone comes in and, say, sponsors a stadium or they do a deal, like Wolves yeah. have recently done with that um, Chinese uh, drink, which Fosun owns 70%. They can't yeah. all of a sudden say, well, that's worth 10 times more. That's not the market value. So if he does go over to new, over to this um, Saudi team and they're paying him 10 times his salary, are Newcastle going to be expected to pay like a tenth of that? Or they're going to pay, pay – they won't get away. I can't say they'll get away with it. For the Saudi owners, you know, um, I don't think wealth is a real issue. Now, 
obviously going over to Saudi, it's going to be twofold, isn't it? If there is a move to Newcastle engineer on the back of it, then great. But even so, even if the vehicle is the, the playing football in Saudi or going to Saudi and signing for the club, that's going to be a massive coup for the country in the area and the football league anyway. So, you know, whichever way you look at it, Dave, look, we don't know the ins and outs, but let me tell you something, it, it, it's probably going to come to light pretty quickly. Uh, well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is why we'll have to wait and see how it pans out. The, maybe there's a loophole around it that, like you say, that they, they can go and pay him this salary and then Newcastle only had to pay like a tenth of it because they'll still pay the rest of the salary and it's not a transfer fee and that's how they get around it. We'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. But I don't see how Newcastle can't afford to just go and have their own asset in Ruben Neves at 26 years uh, of age, playing Champions League, yeah, and then sell him on Barcelona for 50 million in but, two years. But time. equally, we don't know who Newcastle are trying to sign. Maybe they're trying to sign 70, 80 million pound players. And if that's the case, and if that's a vehicle to get Neves in the club on the cheap and enable them to, to buy players for 80, 90 million and challenge Man City, then, then so be. We don't know their plans, do we? So I get no. what you're saying. Yes, they could have come to us direct and had a bit of a cheaper price, but I don't think it's geared towards that. Really, is it? You know, I don't. I, and and you know, I think it is. It it it, it must be something to do with FFP. It, it, it's got to be. But listen, Newcastle are gonna. I'd imagine are gonna spend big. These Saudis are coming in now, and they do want to challenge with Man City. You know, you can see that's that's going to be the likelihood. Yes, it took time at Man City, and they spent a lot of money, but they got there in the end. And I think that's what the Newcastle owners are looking at. Absolutely, and Mr. Mendes always finds a way, uh, doesn't he, with his uh, with his players. And it's be interesting to see whether Foson are building up a kind of relationship with potential Saudi investors as well, because I know we know that Foson are open to having uh, investors yeah. come into the club. So again, you don't know kind of how that how the wheels are spinning behind the scenes and all that. Listen, Dave. That, that's obviously what we do. We, we, you know, we obviously you're privy to information. We all are in certain ways, and you know, and, and things come out on social media. But the only real people who, who know what's going on at these clubs are the owners. You know, they're the ones that, that know exactly what's going on. Us mere mortals get to find out second, third hand information. That's why we're all trying to get, you know, make head head or tail of this this move that's come out now for Ruben Neves to go to El Halal in Saudi Arabia all of a sudden. So. I know it's a shock, and hopefully uh, we'll get some more clarity on that over the uh, the coming week. And like the Newcastle link, well, I guess we'll know if he's lining up in a Newcastle shirt at the start of the season. We'll have our answer, won't we, mate? We'll refer back to uh, today's conversation. But we'll, we'll wait and wait and see uh, how that pans out. But at the moment, until he's actually in a Al Hal shirt, yeah, um, with the badge on and the shirt on and stuff like that, it's not official. It's just strong rumours that it might be happening, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. And, and once you've got once you've got a journalist like Romano who comes out and brings it on, every journalist is gonna clip onto the back of that. It was broken, I think, by an Italian journalist and it was picked up. But the last thing that uh, Fabrizio said was it's all true, but there's no green light uh, yet in regards to personal terms. But like by all accounts it does seem like it might be happening. And if you I mean to be honest mate, if you like Someone's going to pay you X amount of million pounds to go to somewhere for 12 months or 18 months or two years and you're made for life. Because footballers, you know, could have an injury and they're done. Absolutely. You know, you, 
he can earn 10 times what he can. He can probably earn 10 years' salary in the space of 12 to 18 yeah. months. It's hard to turn Listen, it down. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, really, because people were saying, you know, a, a few months back, oh, just give him a lifetime contract, give him whatever he wants to earn. Listen, we can't compete with, of course, we can't compete with the, the money that floats about, you know, in Saudi Arabia and, and, and these own clubs. We just can't compete with it at the end of the day, you know. I've always said, Dave, we've got a stadium of 31,000. We've got owners who clearly have got a financial lead, so we just can't compete that way. And we can't begrudge this move for Ruben Neves. And listen, any player on this planet, if they get made an offer like that, tax-free in Saudi Arabia, listen, I don't care what they think about human rights or the lot, they are going, Dave. That's a lot of money to turn down in what is a short career, in what is, like you've said, you could be, you know, a few games away from a bad tackle that could end it all. Yes, you know, these, these career-ending tackles are, are less frequent now with the way, obviously, the advance in, in physiotherapy and, and medicine, etc. But even so, Dave, this is a huge, huge opportunity for him to, you know, secure his family's wealth for generations to come. Well, absolutely. And um, the one thing that you touched on there was a lot of the players that have gone to the Saudi League have all kind of been there, done it, won the trophies, that type of thing, and they're going there for a, a nice retirement payday. Yeah. The Ruben Neves move ain't that. What do you think the uh, What do you think that the, the Saudis are up to with the football? We've seen what's happened with uh, the PGA and Lip Golf and and all of that sort of jazz. What What do you think they're they're thinking? They're trying to make it the best league in the world because I don't see how people are going to switch off from well, the Premier League and the European leagues to take up watching the Saudi League. It's really weird, Dave. I've been to Dubai a few times and I remember going to the Al Maidan, which is the, the, the horse racing. And uh, listen, it, it, it's all about who's got the most successful horse. They don't even gamble, Dave. So it's not they're not trying to make a few quid on the betting of it neither. You know, these guys don't even gamble. But it is, there is a lot of, there is a lot of show and tell, isn't there, with these guys. And they, you know, it's all about who's got the biggest, this, biggest, that. And now with football, listen, this is a perfect vehicle for them to really exercise their financial mus muscle and wealth. And, you know, they're doing it now. You can see what they're doing at Newcastle. And if this league takes off over there, this, you know, not it's not going to be for every player, but they're going to get their heads turned by the money. The lifestyle out there, there's, you know, no alcohol. You can't at this, you can't at that. But, not saying the big drinkers, but, you know, the lifestyle might not appeal to many players, but one thing that certainly will appeal is obviously the financial benefits. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And, and you know, a lot of the time they're training as well. Uh, I was very early morning or very yeah, late at night. You're quite right, Dave. It, it, you know, it's like the MLS, really. Players were going out there and still go out there on a bit of a payday at the end of their career. They've achieved everything they can. They just want to, you know, a bit of a lazy few weekends in the sun where they're earning ridiculous amounts of money. They've got good crowds. They don't have to go at full pelt and there's there's little risk of injury um, and they're living in a great climate and, and got a great lifestyle. And and to a degree, um, you know, I think that's probably what the, the, the Saudi Arabian League is trying to replicate. Yes, they are going to get a few players at the tail end of the career, but you've only got to look at some of the names, Benzema, Ronaldo, that are being linked to, to go over or who are over there, I should say. Um, but it is, it is unusual for this is you know, where the Newcastle link comes from, I suppose. It is unusual that there's a player, undoubtedly, at the peak of his career, hasn't won a great deal, you know, still got a lot to prove in the game. He wants to win trophies. 
He wants to play at the highest level, so it just seems a bit of a strange move for him at this time. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see how that one pans out. Now, I just want to move on before we talk about the fixtures and then get some questions. And guys, in the chat, uh, we've got nearly 200 watching us, uh, me and Jason, live at the moment talking about this. Let us know where in the world you're watching uh, live from at the moment, because it always fascinates me where, you, where you're watching. Um, Fabio Silva, um, his agent, we were talking about before. I mean, what was the wording yep. he used, Jason? Have you got that info? I have so uh, 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 another another Twitter site uh, got hold of their agent on Instagram. By the look of things, uh, or one of his agents, because I don't believe he's got one agent. I believe there's going to be several operating in any deal for Fabio Silva, and they got hold of Carlos Oliveira, um, who confirmed that. Um, basically, I made some some notes for me. Uh, they didn't feel that there was any protection for Fabio when he joined the club as a 19-year-old lad. Right. Um, they then put a few stats out that his debut season, he was 18, he scored uh, four goals and four assists. Uh, they've also made it clear, or Carlos Oliveira made it clear, that the player wants now a permanent move away. He doesn't see his future with Wolves. Um, and they do want the club to obviously recoup and, and obviously protect their investments. Um, when this Oliveira comes out and says he didn't feel there was any protection for a 19-year-old boy, he wasn't worrying about that when Wolves were shelling out 35 million quid for an unproven player and that they were shelling out thousands and thousands a week and loads of people were in on the deal. Nobody was worried about the protection of the lad then, right? There wasn't. No. Um, yes, I, I, I get the fact that he was probably brought in a bit too soon on the basis that um, Raul got injured, he wasn't expecting to come in so soon. But then the argument could be, Dave, we're, we're a Premier League club. We're not an established Premier League club. We're a newly promoted Premier League club. We've made our record signing for a teenager. For that sort of money, he should be ready. My argument then went back to in the early days that Mike Owen was ready at 18. Robbie Fowler was ready at Wayne 18. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney. There's countless players that were ready at 18 years of age. Uh, why? Fabio Silva should be any different, I don't know. We have seen that his loan spell um, out to uh, Anderlecht and to, where was the initial loan move to? Fine, no, not Feyenoord, Anderlecht and who's PSV. The PSV, sorry. Uh, that the, the, They did work, especially the Anderlecht one, where, you know, yes, they are lesser leagues, but he was getting his confidence up, he was scoring goals, he looked a lot of a stronger player, he's clearly enjoying his football, he's clearly a confidence player where, look like any striker, thrives on scoring goals, so he was doing well. And I think maybe the Premier League was too big an adjustment for him at that time, but it demonstrated that he wasn't good enough. Now, if he's not good enough, Dave, he ain't 35 million quid of anyone's money. Are we going to recoup that investment? Very, very, very doubtful. You know, it's not just 35 million quid. It's agent's fees. It's his wages. It's all the other bits and pieces that have come with it. So we're probably talking the best part of 50 million quid has been shelled out to, to, to you know, on that deal alone realistically with with you know so for me dave um i i just think that it's probably a bit of sour grapes from his part they clearly want him out they clearly see his future elsewhere fabio silva's now made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to be here and for me you've got to be realistic in as much as listen i want players to play for the club i want the best players out on a saturday afternoon you know i want the best 11 but also i want players with heart i want players that want to be at our club I want players that want to be proud to play for our badge. I don't want players. Some might see us as a stepping stone, right? I get that. But I don't want players who don't want to be here, Dave, because they're not going to give 100% commitment to the cause. And these are the players 
that we need and want in our team, especially if we're going to progress. So I wouldn't be sad to see him go. Would I like to see him given an opportunity on the basis that we don't seem to have a striker firing on all cylinders? We're short of goals and this might be a player that, that maybe does deserve an opportunity again. Yes, perhaps so. But I, I, I still don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. Um, people probably be going, oh, what do you know? I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. And I certainly don't think we're going to recoup anywhere near that 35 million quid that we paid for him. How much he's going to go for, I don't know. But I'm just hoping Al Halal come in with a last-minute bid. Al Halal, they can go and come in for Fabio. Guys, I want to ask you in the chat, it's a simple yes or no. Um, would you like to see Fabio in the Wolves squad for next season? Or no, if you want to see him gone. Well, put gone if you want to see him gone. And put stay if you want to see him stay. Uh, forget about the fee or anything like that at the moment. But let's obviously the agents have said about like they're looking to get a move. But like, would you want him to uh, to stay and be given the chance to? Uh, is he ready, or do you just want to see him gone um, for every concern? So that's quite interesting there. Straight away, uh, Sam's coming with a with a with a stay. Uh, but then we've got um, gone, gone, gone. Get out of the club. Gone, gone, gone. Um, I think they're about us stay. I think they want us to go. Oh, yeah. Barry wants me to stay now. <laughs> uh, there's a, quite a few. The, Merv wants him to stay. Um, Paul, get out of the club. Tom from yeah, gone. So the, I'd say that the majority. I'd say that's probably seventy-five percent. Um, Listen, the, the the arguments to involve Dave because we he got his he got his contract extended at the club purely because he went out on loan and on the basis he went out on loan we knew we was going to lose him for a year therefore we had a year less of his contract so it did make sense to extend his contract right and yeah. it was purely based on his on his on his loan move um, but every year that goes by unless he's either having ridiculous loan spells or he's doing it at Wolves he's going down in value on the back of two. Decent loan spells. I think now is the time to sell because I'm still not convinced he's going to do it in the Premier League. Yes, he's buffed out a bit. Yes, you know, he's definitely going to have, have, have become a, a better... Yeah, Robbie Keane's another good example. He's definitely going to become, um, you know, a, or has become a better player than he was. But I, I still don't think he's what we need, Dave. I, you know, I genuinely, genuinely don't. And the last thing we want to do is in comeback, not score in five or six games, you know, people like me start getting on his back and that's not going to help with his confidence at all. So if we got anywhere near £20 million for that player, I think we've got to be realistic, cut our losses and let him see him go out the door. Because, listen, we've wasted we've wasted a lot more money than that in the past. And but I Look do at think Charles, I get this. Well, there, 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 that was a complete waste of money. There, there's oh. another example. And, and this is my point about Mendes. Listen, there's a lot of European... Clubs, well, a lot of clubs in the world who don't want to deal with Mendes now. Mendes has done some unbelievable deals for Wolves, and I've said this day we've got Giammatini at five million, we got you know Patricio at a snip, we got Ruben Neves, yeah, and there's been some great ones which we'll remember. So, Uncle George did us a few favors in the early days, but don't forget, Uncle George is out for himself, he's out to feather his nest, he doesn't care about Wolverhampton Wanderers, he's not going to bed at night kissing his badge, Dave, he does not care, it's just a vehicle to move money for that man. So in respect to the players that he's brought in, which have been good, that's great. But equally, there's been some real duffers, Dave. And it'd be interesting to, pound for pound, look at all the players that we have brought in and look at some of the duffers that he's brought in because I think we'd be shocked 
at, at, at some of the ones that, that he's brought in, which have we spent unbelievable money on and have done nothing. Oh, well, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of people that have been talking about FFP. What I would say to you guys is if you want a real good um, look at FFP, um, the producer has done a fantastic article uh, in layman's terms uh, mm. regarding FFP. And I would strongly go and read this. This is a fantastic article, Walls and FFP, what the purpose of it, the basics, Walls financial situation, how FFP works with buying players, can a wealthy owner just inject capital, what are the penalties for breaching it, what can we expect from Wolves to spend the summer and competition in the Premier League. Um, it's a fantastic article and um, it puts it in layman's terms. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I think that's important, Dave, because there's some people who understand FFP, you know, I'll be completely honest, I haven't done enough research on it to say that I do. What you've done in layman's terms, I've read it and it does make absolute, you know, crystal clear sense. But, Look, we can't be experts on everything, and I'm not going to come in here and say, oh, I know all about FFP because I don't. You know, Craig Spillard, a mate of mine, he's quite vocal on Twitter and he does seem to, to know what he's on about. Um, but it is a bit of a minefield, and that's why clubs are looking at so many ways of getting around it. Absolutely, yeah. So check that article out. It's a, it's honestly it's a five minute read, and it's, um, it's as I say, there's a lot of research been done on that. So check it out and give it a read. Um, Jason, um, that's uh, Fabio Silva. And guys, this is the last subject that we're going to cover and then we're going to come to your questions in the next five minutes. So if you've got any questions for me and Jason that you want us to talk about, any talking points, we'll open the floor to you. So think about that, but save your questions until we finish this. Uh, the fixtures are out, um, Jason. Yeah. And we've drawn... Um, and we have got the uh, we have now got on the wolves always wolves um, as well. On the uh, I'm going to just share this screen for you as well. We've also got on the always wolves uh, uh, page. We've got all the fixtures for the start of the season. As you can see, there you are, Jason. Manchester yeah. United away Monday night football. We're drawn away first match of the season and let's just go to the end of the season there you go and we've got Liverpool away to finish with uh, our opening that, fixture that, that seems to have happened about two or three times in the last few years doesn't it Liverpool away um, well we played Liverpool away the year before last who were yeah. vying for the title and then we had Man City away last season and now we've got Liverpool away um, the opening fixtures United um, away, Brighton at home, away to Everton, away to Palace, home to Liverpool. So we're playing one one game at home from the opening fixture at the 14th of uh, August until we get to the 16th of September. We've got three away games. What what do you make of the fixtures um, again? I mean, I'll be honest, Dave, and I, I, I do reiterate this every time, the the fixtures come out that there are no easy games in the Premier League. There is certain games that come up and you think, oh, I fancy us for three points there, I fancy us for a point. And you immediately look at those and you think, Everton away, they was in poor form last season, Palace away, they was too. But then you think that, listen, they're still in the Premier League for a reason and they're going to be going into this summer as hungry as we are to obviously strengthen. United away, that's going to be a, a baptism of fire. Monday night at Old Trafford, you know, look. I've got a view on this uh, actually because I was hoping we could get we, we would get 
a couple of like the so-called bigger teams at early doors because you see the likes of City and and Liverpool to an extent they went on a good run towards the end of the season they go on this sort of consistent I always find that we could catch them early season so I, I don't mind United away on the opening fixture um because I think potentially we could go there and they're not you, you know they're not fully into their stride I know we won't be either, but the yeah. levels are playing field a little bit. Oh, no, listen, Dave, I, I, I agree. And I, that's the way I'd like to see. But then you've got to be realistic and think these teams are going to want to start, the, the especially the first few games of the win. You know, and, and you look at the teams that invariably will end up down the bottom. or They know they're going to be in for a tough season. They're going to want as many points on the board as they can. So, listen, Dave, there's no easy games. I mean, the one, the, the difficult one for me is the Brighton at home because Brighton are a really good side. And a couple of years back, you'd look at Brighton as a fixture, you'd think three points, and you would because it's a little old. Not Brighton. when we play them because we haven't well, beaten them in the Premier League. It's not little old Brighton, is it, Dave? This is Brighton, a very, very well organised football club. You know, when you go down there, you do have to question some of the dress sense of the supporters with the fripping chinos and. Their the sweaters round the neck, but I'll be honest, Dave. It, it, it's going to be a tough game. Um, Everton away, but then Liverpool. I'm Luton away. You've got to think Luton away. That's got to be three points. But what did we do at the start of the season last time, Dave? I think I give us like some like twelve points from the first five or six games. And I was I was miles off. What did so, we get? Oh, can't even remember. But I know I was, left, I was left eating a bit of a humble balty pie. So the way I look at it, Dave is. Listen, it, it, it's a tough start to the season, it really is. But, like I've said, like I've maintained, that Lopetegui didn't really have a pre-season when he came in. Yes, he had the World Cup break where he got to work with the players, but he, he still didn't get a full pre-season. I think now this is going to be the time where we're really going to get the best out of Lop. We're really going to see how his team can perform. So I'm confident in going into next season. But at this stage... I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, points against United, three points against Brighton, a point against Everton, because until we know who's coming in and who's going out, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not that confident at the minute. Absolutely. I mean, no, neither am I, to be honest. I mean, but like, I mean, it's the old cliche. You've got to play everyone, um, yeah. everyone twice. I mean, the last um, the last few fixtures, let's just put this up on the, uh, the screen, because I want to talk about this. Um, um, I'm just and the table the... Right at the end of the season, Dave, whichever way you look at it, you know, it's it's it works out over the season. Yes, I know there's there's questionable variables with, with VAR, but over the end of the season it's pretty fair who, who stops up and who goes down. Looks look at our last few fixtures. Um so we've got Arsenal uh, at home. Yeah. Our last three fixtures. I mean, I don't know what the fixture people have done wrong because normally they have us going Manchester City and Liverpool back to back. I mean, so they've that's it. Clearly, been a, there's. I was at the first half of the season. We got. Um, just going to scroll. Uh, oh no, it isn't. Oh yeah, they have. We've got uh, Liverpool there and City within three games. And That's again, game, yeah. we, this happens every year. The last, yeah. the last, <laughs> the last. I mean, look at that. City away and Liverpool away, last two away I mean, matches of the season. Listen, Dave, I don't want to tempt fate in any way, shape or form. And I might have said this last season, but if we are fighting for our lives and we've got to go to Anfield and Man City and get points, then... Um, but listen, I'm not going to look that far forward yet. I'm sure that's not going to be the case this season. But um, we wouldn't be, want to be in that position come May. 
Absolutely. And I, I, the thing that really um, seems to bug me a little bit, Jason, and I think a lot yeah. of the Wolves fans, is that can anyone tell me when the last time that Wolves had a open opening fixture at home at Molyneux and away at Molyneux and the home at Molyneux for the home, last home, match? Yeah. Because we always seem to be away for the first match and away for the last match of the season. I can't remember when we were the last time we were at home for the last match of the season or the first match of the season. What? Why does that happen to us every year? Yeah, no idea, Dave. No idea. But the, you know, there is definitely advantages, especially to playing your last game at home. Um, there's there's plenty of advantages. So it's always nice to finish off the season at home as well. But. Yeah, I've no idea, Dave. Well, while someone uh, figures that one out for us, um, we're just going to be coming up to the last sort of five or ten minutes of the uh, of the show. Um, if you've got any questions for myself or Jason or for both of us, now's the time to uh, to bang them out, and we'll uh, spend the last five or ten minutes just asking some open questions from any of you guys, and before we finish. Uh, but- I do want to give a shout out. I do want to give a shout out to a guy who um, I think he's watching now because I've seen his name crop up a couple of times. A lad called Spencer Rock. Now I went to school with Spencer, and Spencer was one of the guys who got me supporting Wolves. Bless him, because when I was growing up as a confused uh, adolescent, when I was eight or nine, I'd just support the team that was on telly, and it was Spencer that was one of them who was a big Wolves fan and got me supporting Wolves. So oh, fantastic! Uh, yeah, so Spencer. You're the reason that I'm on here now, mate. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Wolves yeah. F1 has said the last six seasons, uh, last game of the season, in Liverpool times three, Chelsea, Arsenal, and who's that? Six. So we've had Liverpool three times, or Liverpool. Um, fantastic. Uh, Jason, um, your book. Yes. I should mention your book because... Um, you're writing the second book at the moment, aren't you? Which is hopefully going to be out on Christmas. Whilst we're waiting for any questions, if we yeah, don't have to, so, we'll be able to finish off. So very quickly. So I um, obviously I wrote a book during lockdown, Tales from the Tape, which is now volume one, where I interviewed 36 former players and obviously put that into book form. Went really well, sold over 1,250 copies, raised 20,000 pounds for charity. And I wanted a bit of a break from it because it is really hard work writing a book. You know, it takes a lot of time. It takes. Um, you know, you, you have to be in the zone for it as well. You can't just write a book. Um, and equally, the quality of the first one, I want to replicate that with this one. I don't want to put out a substandard product or rush anything. And I've got some really, really nice and positive comments from the last book. So I have started the second book. I'm, well, I say I've started it. I'm probably halfway through now. Um, got some fantastic interviews in there. I mean, and it's interesting because I'm having to listen to all the podcast backs and not only have I got to listen to my dulcet monotone voice hours and hours and hours because I have to listen to it, pause it, rewind it, pause it. And so it takes me probably about a day and a half to write each chapter, you know, hours and hours that you put into it. Then it gets edited, et cetera, et cetera. But two that have sprung to mind are two guys. And you're not sort of putting it into one of them online sites where it just automatically translates it for you? Well, no. And the reason being, Dave, is just when I when I do a podcast, I ask it, it I ask the questions in, in in chronological order. Where did you start? And then we go through each club or the time at Wolves and how the career ended. But then when you write a book, you don't really want to do it like that. You want to get people in at the start of the chapter with a bit of a bit of a gripper, if you like. So you have to piece it round, and then there might ah. be some 
something else to mention later in the podcast, which is relevant to an earlier part of the interview. So then I have to listen to it, then I have to piece it all together, a bit like a jigsaw, then put it all together, then I have to read it 10 times, then you have to swap things around, move things, then you have to go back to the player, check things, then you have to check all the facts because the player will say, oh, I made my debut against Swansea, then the record books tell you different, you know, and you don't want to say that the player's got it wrong, but maybe he has. So, yeah, but two interviews I did, Dennis Conyard and Greg Fellows. Dennis Conyard was a physio in the 80s, uh, during the Batty Brothers era, which I'm fascinated by, and a guy called Greg Fellows was a coach during the same era, and their stories are just unbelievable. Um, and, you know, when you go past the Molyneux now and you see the big architecture of that stadium and, and all our legends out in bronze, um, we forget the times at that club in the 80s, and these people were there doing the jobs that nobody else wanted to do. Dennis Conyard would go around the pitch at full time to pick up the muddy sock ties, because we couldn't afford to buy new ones. And then he'd take them home to wash them. And then the BX players like Eddie Clamp would be coming in and fixing hinges on doors. And and, and this is a part of our um, history that we will forget or will be forgotten unless we can document it. So I was very lucky to interview these people. So Tales from the Tape is hopefully coming out before Christmas. In about the next six to eight weeks, I'm going to be offering the chance for people to subscribe and get the name in the back of the book. And yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it being launched, but there's still a lot of hard work to do, Dave. Fantastic. So keep up to date here because hopefully we'll be able to get um, maybe some um, special book launch thing going up on the channel when it comes out. And can, and stuff I'll give it you first, Dave. Don't worry about that. That's nice. <laughs> but we'll get the we'll, 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 we'll be able to get a bit more of a probably an in-depth discussion on the book when it's ready to go. Yeah, absolutely, no. Dave. Absolutely. Like I said, it's a lot of hard work at the minute. And as you know, I've got Olivia, my disabled daughter, so that takes up a lot of time. So I literally have to juggle it in, you know, obviously work, et cetera, et cetera. So like, I was working on it uh, this afternoon for a little bit and I'll probably work on it a bit later as well. So The labour of love, Jason. It certainly is. It certainly is. I've got some questions to finish off with. Um, Peter Yam Yam 54 any hope you guys think Jeff She will be replaced this summer? Uh, I, I mean, once again, this is a story that I've I've heard a lot of traction with. I did hear and off 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 of somebody I can't say who, but I, I did hear that there's been a lady floating around recently who, who's part of the Fosun Christine. group. Is that right, Chrissy? Chrissy. Yes, she's been floating around now. I, listen, I've heard all sorts of rumours, not about Chrissy as such, but I've heard uh, rumours that Jeff Sport Jeff She was going to take over at esports, and that's more of where he sees his future lying. But listen, I don't. I mean, esports, we all we all laugh about it here. Or, you know, that's not going to sign us players, but it is huge over there. I mean, huge. Massive. Uh, well, as you know, um, we did a thing on it. From my, what I was told that originally, was it somebody's son that was going to come in? Son. No, Scott's son had come in from Grasshoppers. He had, a, he had a baby right. with his partner and resigned from Fosun and that went out the window. Jeff was going to be moving upstairs. Uh, there is someone from Fosun that is apparently a permanent fixture at Wolves at the moment called Chrissy. She's a woman. No one seems to know what she what her job is as such, but I she is there. Uh, pardon? I said, I Wolves oh, mate, from like two or three people I've asked who are Wolves staff, no, they're not close to it. They don't really know what she's there for. She's, it's, she, it, she don't know. If you've ever seen... Um, if you, what's that film with um, 
Meet Joe Black. Have you ever seen Meet Joe Black, the film? <laughs> no. Right, it's a great film. But basically, there's this person that comes to the boardroom and he's like, this is Joe. And who's Joe? And no one kind of knows who this person is. But Chrissy, she's from Fosin. I think she's pretty switched on, but she's definitely a permanent fixture at Wolves at the moment. I'm not really sure what her role is. Um, Anyone so behind we'll... the scenes? And, and listen, we've got to welcome her with open arms, haven't we? And, you know, it's absolutely a huge project we're on. But, yeah, I've heard all sorts about Jeff Shee. I mean, there were some people on Twitter who were saying, Jeff Shee's gone, he's toast, he ain't coming back, he's gone, that's the end. But, you know, he seems to be floating about. So, you know, I don't know. I think he's gone back to China for a little bit, but he'll probably be back, um, even even if it's um, the esports side. Um, Adam Walker says, "How do you think the Cody situation will uh, play out? Keep or let go?" Do you want to answer this first, Dave? Um, my thoughts on this from from all the reading, Cody's saying all the right things that he wants to come back and everything. Obviously, he got bombed out by Large. Uh, Lopetegui's a clean broom. But there's also a lot of links linking in with likes of Sheffield United and Forest. You know, we know that Lopetegui tends to want to play a back four rather than a back three. We've bought in Dawson. Does Cody get in in front of Dawson? Can he play a back four? Yes, he can. Is he comfortable in a back four as he is in a back three? No. Is he brilliant in a back three? Yes. Is he great around the dressing room? Yes. My good feeling is that eventually it'll come to a point and probably you know, Wolves will cash in on an offer for Cody. Um, yeah. But if he was involved in the squad again next year, you know, I trust, you know, he's, he's always been a team player. Obviously, he left under a bit of a cloud and there's that, but like, he's always had a good attitude and he's always loved the club, but Everton haven't kept him. So, you ask the question, in a back four, is he going to be a regular fixture? Because I don't think he gets in a back four ahead of Dawson. I, I, Dave, or whoever else he brings in, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think, I think, um, what Connor Cody did for us at the time playing in that back five or back three, whichever way you look at it, I think was he was exceptional. I think he was a real leader and he propelled us to where he was. But now we've moved to a back four, I just can't really see a place for him. He wants to be playing football as well. Yeah, I think the England door's closed on him now, but I think he wants he, he does want to be playing football at this stage of his career. What's he 30 31? Um, and then you've got to look at, does he get in the team over, in a back four, over Dawson, over Kilman? He, he, he's not going to, that's not going to be the way. So I think while there's a little bit left on his contract and while he's worth four or five million quid, I think it's time to say goodbye and, and thank him properly for what he's done for the club and allow him to move on. Absolutely. Um, Craig Berry wants to know, um, what do we do about Nunes? Sell, uh, keep, if keep, what's his best position in the team? And George um, Smith wants to know, are you bothered if Sar goes? Am I bothered if Sar goes? Not particularly, no. I mean, he would need replacing. It wouldn't be a case of putting Bentley in goal, so he definitely needs replacing. But what I'd be particularly bothered, no, because I do, especially recently, there always looks to be a mistake in him. Yes, he's a good shot stopper, but you've got to look at the, the, whole, the whole round game. With regards to Nunes, his best position, well... Um, He's undoubtedly a talent, and it was the, at the start of the season we signed in Nunes. We signed him for forty-five million. He's going to Liverpool at the end of the season for forty-eight million quid. Well, that ain't happening, is it? And are we going to get forty-eight million quid for him? 
playing the way he has done in the positions he's played in, probably not. Do I want to see him in a Wolves shirt? Yes, because I think he certainly adds value to the team. I think he's a very, very good player. But we have got to, or the manager has got to decipher his best position and really work on that. I don't want to see him floating across everywhere and playing in different positions. I want him to nail down the position and make it his, because that's the way as well that we're going to see the very, very best of him. I concur. I think um, if we're not selling Nunes. Um, I mean, we paid forty-five million for him, and we're not going to sell him for forty-five million when he's got so long. You know, he, he didn't. He, he had a few great moments last season, but we never saw yeah. one real consistent game as yeah. such. Maybe the goal, the game where he scored that wonderful goal, his yeah. confidence. Lopetegui feels that he will see the best of him next season. I think. That may be the case. Yeah. I think um, we saw when Neves was out the team, he had his best two games as well. So, yeah. you know, from that sort of point of view, I think Nunes has got um, a lot of ability, is a quality player. And if we're losing Neves and we've got like Salimina, Joe Gomez, Hodge, you know, don't forget we've got Bubakar Triori as well, yeah. all those sort of players. And whoever they bring in, I think, you know, we He's going to be a, he's going to be key uh, for us um, next uh, next season. So I can't see him selling, guys. We've uh, we've just gone over the hour mark. So um, just before we finish, if you if you enjoyed the the new show on the ball and you want uh, this to become a regular feature where we can have a natter about the week's events, uh, just give us uh, make sure you like the video and let us know in the comment section uh, below. Uh, Jason, when just before we finish, when's your next actual uh, fundraiser charity event? The next one is 13th of July at uh, the, the uh, Perton Park Golf Club, which has recently been acquired by the Mount. All we've got left now is a uh, whole sponsorship if, if a business wants to sponsor a whole for £25 or uh, £25 on the night to see uh, the comedian John Stoll's the golf presentation. Um, we, we're raising money for three charities, the usual three charities. Uh, the, the golf day sold out in record time, 22 teams, which is incredible. And then the next event, which I'm really looking forward to, is the 5th of October with Bobby Gould um, at the Mount Hotel. Again, I mean, Bobby is a lovely, lovely man. Got some great stories. Played for West Brom, played for Wolves, uh, had two spells at Wolves. Lovely guy, obviously won the FA Cup as well as manager of Wimbledon. So he's got some great stories, managed Wales, but he's a genuinely nice guy. So I'm really looking forward to that with Bobby. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be there for that one as well, Jason, as well. Guys, looks like most of you have enjoyed uh, tonight's show. So, and we've had well over 200 watching. Hopefully we've covered off a lot. Um, you, if you're watching it on Catch Up, um, leave your thoughts in the comment section. Just make sure you, you are subscribed, you smash a like, and it will be out on the uh, Always Wolves podcast uh, from um, tomorrow morning. So I know that there's a couple of people over in Australia and LA that listen to it on the way to work, which I find incredible, uh, to be honest, to think they're listening to us. Imagine Saturday. listening to me and you, Dave, and then having to go full day at work in the heat. <laughs> I know, can you imagine? Oh, you know, it always amazes me. It just if they're listening, me. Dave, they might not know because I haven't mentioned it, but I've broke my wrist. I've got a really poorly <laughs> wrist. And I haven't mentioned it, and I said I wouldn't mention it, Dave. And I mean, abject pain. It's really hurting, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Guys, thank you so, so much for um, for joining us uh, this evening. And uh, hopefully we've covered off a lot of the, uh, the week's news on the ball 
We're always going to be on the ball with all the latest news here on the channel. So make sure you subscribe. Until the next one, love to you and your families. Happy Father's Day to all the dads like you out there. Um, went to saw my um, my father-in-law and my dad today, which was great. I feel grateful to still be able to spend time and give them the love. But love to all the dads out there as well. And make sure if it's your dad or you're a dad, just make sure that you, you tell them you love them. Until the next one, um, from myself and the Lord himself, <laughs> Mr. Jason Guy, always wolves. Always wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.